The second thing you do is we are kind of in a bit of a rush, my dear brothers and sisters. Time's running out. The last thing you want to do is to procrastinate repentance. The worst thing you can do is to say, I'm not totally ready now. I'll take this one step and then we'll just see how things work out. We'll see. I'm not ready. Popular culture teaches us to say this. Do it at your own pace, right? You do you. See what happens, right? Don't rush things. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. But someone who's expecting to be saved doesn't say, you know what? I don't have to swim right now. Let's just see what happens in a couple of days. If I'm drowning, I know that the things I'm committing are sinful and immoral and wrong. Don't delay it. Because any reluctance, if there is any trace of hesitation in your heart tonight, you need to get rid of it. Let me give you some examples. At-Tarimah ibn Adi was a companion of Amir al-Mu'mineen, a companion of Imam al-Hasan, a great man by any measure. Imam al-Hussein encountered him on the way to Kufa. The Imam said to him, Ya Tarimah, we're going to, on, I'm on this mission, I'm heading towards Kufa, why don't you join me? He said to the Imam that I have bought food and supplies for the winter season and I was taking it to my family in Yemen. I'm going to deliver the supplies to my family and rush back to join you, Ya Aba Abdullah. The Imam said to him, what if you don't make it? He said to the Imam, I will. Plus, why don't you join me, Ya Aba Abdullah? Come with me to Yemen. I can promise you 20, some have said 30,000 fighters. My entire tribe will stand with you. I'll stand with you. We will support you. See, his issue wasn't a lack of commitment. It wasn't a lack of faith. It wasn't a lack of loyalty to Imam al-Hussein. His issue was that reluctance. It was, I will do it, just not now. Because I have things that I need to take care of. I've got errands to do. You see the problem there? Your loyalty to Imam al-Hussein is not in question. Who am I to question your loyalty? Your love for Imam al-Hussein is beyond doubt. The problem most of us have is just not now. Just give me some more time. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. By the time At-Tarimah came back, he encountered someone. He said, they killed Hussein today. Can you imagine the remorse, the regret, the sorrow of missing out on ascending to the highest positions of paradise along with Abu Abdullah? Can you imagine? If we miss a flight, how upset will we be? If you miss a train, now imagine you've missed on boarding the Ark of Hussein. That's one example. Another example which I've mentioned before, but I'd like to mention it because it's so relevant and it's so inspiring. There was a man called Al-Uriyan ibn Al-Haytham. Al-Uriyan is quoted in a book called Tabaqat ibn Sa'd. It's a book about the companions of the Prophet and their companions. It classifies the uh, companions and uh, verifies their reliability. 
It mentions this story in Tabaqat Ibn Sa'd. Al-Uryan says that my father and I, we would go out into the desert, we would hunt, we would camp, we would do these sorts of things that a father and son might do. He says, every once in a while we'd cross this land called Karbala, and we'd see there was an elderly man who had camped out there. And because we saw him multiple times over a lengthy period, we realized that this person lives there all by himself. So one day my father said to him, he said, what do you do here? Why are you in this barren desert? Why don't you go to a bigger city? Why don't you go to Kufa? Why don't you go? He said, that man told my father that I heard a hadith from the Holy Messenger of God who said, Allah, innabni hadha, pointing to Imam Al-Hussein, my, this my son, yuqtalu bi-ardin yuqalu laha karbala, faman shahid al-mawqifa falyansurhu. The Prophet said, my son Hussein will be killed in a land called Karbala. Whoever witnesses that event, please support him. Karbala hadn't happened yet. This man, whose name was, remember this name, Anas ibn al-Kahil al-Asadi, or ibn al-Harith al-Asadi. This Anas was a companion of Rasulullah. When he heard this hadith, which by the way is reported on his authority in Bukhari. So this hadith is authentic according to the other school as well. When he heard this hadith from Rasulullah, he picked up his mission, no questions asked. He knew what he had to do. That is one boat you don't want to miss. That is one ark you want to make sure you board. So he relocated to the middle of the desert. How many years did he spend there? I don't know. But he stayed there and stayed there. Al-Uryan ibn al-Haytham says, one day we received news, and al-Husayn qad qutil. Hussein had been killed. Where? They said in Karbala. My father said, let's go. So we went to the site of the massacre of Karbala, we saw these bodies littering the ground on the sands. My father said, let's go look. We went around and round and round. Eventually we found this Asadi, meaning Anas ibn al-Harith, who was among the martyrs. You see what happens? When you are in anticipation, when you truly wait and do what you're supposed to do, when you devote everything you have, for this cause, you won't miss the boat. You'll make it. You'll make it. You know, there's a difference between what they call active duty troops, people who are out there on the battlefield fighting. And then you have what they call reservists. Who are the reservists? These are either former or present soldiers, troops. They've been trained. But the difference is that they get to engage in other occupations. They get to do other things. They can work outside. They don't live on the military camps. They don't go to the battlefront. They do what they do normally, but they are constantly on call. They're always waiting. When the phone call comes, when the announcement comes, they know exactly what they're supposed to do. And every year, they train. Every year, 
they sharpen the saw. And they're constantly in a state of anticipation in case the call is made. Imam al-Sadiq says in one hadith, we have a government and that government will come whenever God wills for it to come. Then the Imam says, whoever wants to join us, whoever wants to support us, فليانتظر. Number one, be on call. Be that reservist. And I'll explain a little bit about that. Then the Imam says, also, be pious, avoid sins. Every sin we commit, we're taking a step away from Abu Abdullah. Work hard and continue to wait and anticipate. Then the Imam says, May Allah bestow His mercy upon you. And if you happen to be on call, if you're a reservist, if you're in anticipation, but you die, as many people have, but if that is the case, then it is as though you were with him when he came. In fact, it's as though you were inside the tent of the Imam, the Savior, when he returns. In other words, it doesn't matter whether the Imam actually comes in my lifetime or not. What matters is that I'm on call.